Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. It's bike week. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we don't have to wear our mask. Boy, that was brutal. Lift us up and encourage us. Let us hear your word today that's just so refreshing. It fills our heart with peace and love that we want to go share it with everybody. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, miracles never cease. Awesome. Well, welcome, guys. All right, here we go. So, uh, let's see. There was. We just we just got a new song in here today, and the song was phenomenal because you know I get blessed every time it matches up with my sermon. We have no communication about what the sermon's going to be, and then the songs come in. A brand new song came in today, and it, and it fits right in. So uh, we're going to be in the book of James. Chapter 4, verse 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So just in reading this this morning, I noticed the attack in here, right? So, therefore, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? And that's pretty simple. I just, I, I'm not going to go do that. I know I shouldn't go do that. I'm going to go, and I'm going to do something that God wants me to do. That's fairly easy to get done, right? Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Perfect. I'm just going to follow God and draw near to him. The problem is the devil set something up along the way, and I end up drawing near to the devil. I end up going someplace I should, we were just talking, stub my toe. I don't go, oh, thank you, Jesus, for placing that in front of me, and, and I get to have a stubbed toe today. I go right to the devil, and I think about a swear. I think about anger. I think about being aggravated, right? So the devil comes in and I draw near to him before I draw near to God. But if I practice drawing near to God, that's where I go first. So practice is the key word in here, right? Cleanse my hands. Wash my hands of the stuff that I used to do. Change my ways, right? Change my heart, right? Purify your heart, you double-minded, right? I want to go, you know, me and Trish went someplace we don't usually go. We went up to uh, we went up to Bike Week, right? And we don't usually go. And it's real easy uh, to watch how easy it is to be drawn, even as a Christian, into sinful stuff, right? And the sinful stuff can just be people watching, right? It, it, people watching and watching the way they dress, boy, isn't isn't godly what was going on. Uh, I love to buy t-shirts. If there wasn't any there I could buy. <laughs> uh, there was probably one or two that didn't have any real meaning. and It was just bike week. And, but there wasn't really anything there that I should be buying. 
the food was outrageous. The price of everything was out of control. There was some great people there. Uh, we ended up stopping off at a place that was uh, Soldiers for Jesus, uh, a bunch of bike guys that uh, uh, stand strong in the midst of all this around the country and, and preach the Word of God. So it was nice to stop and chat with them uh, yesterday, and maybe we'll have, I, I, I invited them here when they have the opportunity to come, we're going to try to have them here. Laminate and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Right? So don't be joyful for the things in the world that the world can give you. Right? Don't be, I get excited because I'm getting something that the world can give me. I'm not excited about what God has given me. God has given me freedom from addiction. I tried getting it from everything else, and I got my true freedom through Christ. Although I came through a process, right, a way to get to here, but then when I got Christ, the true freedom came in. And it came in in humility, right? Humility is the key to the answer of everything. That's where it has to be. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Humble yourself. Constantly humble yourself, humble yourself, humble yourself. It has to be something in a direction that your life wants to go, that there has to be peace and humility. And we battle with it all the time. We want to do what we want to do, when we want to do it, our way, and the answer. I want to pray to God, and God, I need this. And when you give me this, then I will know you're working with me, right? What if he says no? Is God no longer working with you because he doesn't think you're capable of handling something that you're praying for? What if the answer is no? What if the answer is maybe later? Let me talk to you later about it. No, no, God, I must have it now or you're not my God anymore. I'm going to go find a way to get it. Right? Humble myself in the eyes of the Lord. He will lift me up. He will lift me up. Not the things of the world lift me up, right? I was so blessed. I am so blessed to preach more places than just here. And in some of the other places I get to go preach, I had a young man come to me, and he said, you know, when I was in, in isolation in prison, I sold myself to Satan. He said, while I was in there, I asked Satan to give me something. And if you give me that, I will follow you. And the next morning, he got it. So he's lived the last few years of his life believing that he has to go to hell, that he sold himself to Satan. And I was blessed because he came at the end of the service after we did the salvation prayer, and he did the salvation prayer, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And I told him that Satan can't have hold on him and that he's set free and he never has to return there. And we even did some verses that we're going to do tonight which, which fit into all that. And it was like, man, this, this man was set free. Set free. Maybe he'll be set free from addiction from this now too. Right? I don't know. It's, it's just to be part of that, to have this in my hand. He will lift you up. 
the Lord will lift me up. So as I go through things in life, I want to know how do I get to that point? Why should I get to that point? So in, uh, in uh, Psalm 51.1, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Blot out my sin. Take those things that I've done away. That man got set free for a transgression that he did. He sold himself to Satan, which you can't do. Satan tells you he can and tells you that he's his forever. Yet Jesus blotted that out for him. Right? To go with that, right? The answer to that, right? Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. So once he accepted Christ and he said, forgive me, he was forgiven, and God can never bring that up again. It can't be brought up in the mind of God ever again. Satan will remind us. Our sin nature and fallen nature will remind us. But God will never bring it up again. It's gone for eternity. In the eyes of God. Because I asked for forgiveness and he forgave me. It's gone. What greater things can you have? When do you walk in humbleness in that? When do you walk around in humility of the fact that all your debt of sin is paid off? Completely paid off. Your charge card for sin is just nullified. Right? It's beautiful. God has taken care of all of your sins. But you've got to ask him. One, you've got to ask him. Two, he's got to be part of your team. If he's not part of your team, then you have no understanding. And if you don't have an understanding because God's not in your life enough for him to be able to remove those transgressions from you. It's stuck upon you. You always have to fight for yourself, and then you're willing to trade off. Because, well, why isn't God doing anything for me? Well, he's not part of your team. Why is he not part of your team? Because you haven't invited him in. But when you do, these are his promises. His mercy, his kindness, his love is just given to you in an abundance more greater than you could ever dream of. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God himself said, I'm not going to go away. No matter how much you think I've gone away, I haven't gone anywhere. You may walk away from me, but I never leave. I am always there for you. That's a promise. In isolation, in the hole in prison, Christ is there with you. He's there to protect you. He's there to give you forgiveness. He's there to give you love, give you an understanding, but you've got to walk with him. When you walk away from him, then you're stuck with yourself, with the world, with Satan. 
But when I embellish myself with Jesus Christ, when I have him as my covering, my blanket, then I get to walk in the life that he wants me to have. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Where am I? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit forever. Right? For eternity. Right? I'm sealed by that. So when this physical body dies, I go right to heaven. Boom. That's it. Guaranteed. Right there. Right? I don't grieve that. So I walk around in humility. Man, I'm going to heaven. Right? All the things I thought I'd done and all the things I thought I should not go to heaven for. For selling my soul. For not going there. Watching, paying attention. See what God has for me? John chapter 10, verse 28. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Satan can't take us away. My sin nature can't take me away from God from getting to heaven once I've accepted him as my, my Lord and Savior. But Satan's going to play with me. He's going to try to get me to believe that I can be taken away. He's going to show me ways that I might fall away from walking with God. And then I'm stuck with the penalties here on earth. But man, God's never going to walk away from me. I walk away from him. You know, so many people say, I don't understand this God. He sends people to hell. He doesn't send anybody to hell. Nobody is sentenced to hell. They choose to go. They don't want to follow this simple scripture. They don't want to follow what God says. Just believe in me that I'll take care of you and you'll have eternal life. Well, you know, I do. It, it says all these things. Well, read it. It doesn't say bad things in here. It says greatness. This is love and peace and understanding. His loving mercy. I don't deserve any of that. He blots out my transgressions. My transgressions he sends away. They're gone. They're not in his mind anymore. They're in my mind. I'm reminded of them. Satan reminds me of them. People that I know remind me of them. But God doesn't. I can't be taken out of his hand. I can't be taken away. It's an incredible belief. It's an incredible way. How do I get from the things that I've gone through, right? How did I get to here? It's because I just trust in the Lord with everything that I do. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I don't want him to leave me nor forsake me. That's what I have a God for, is so that I won't get left behind. Right? Yet I always feel like I'm left behind. How did I get to that point that I'm not left behind? Because I trust in him. I trust in him with all that I have. I trust in him that he'll place the things in my path for me to go the right way. Right? Here we are in the middle of bike week, walking around up there, and you can go to the wet t-shirt contest. You can go to the bar over here. You can buy these t-shirts over here. You can just sit around and watch people walk around silly, right? Or you can stop off at the Jesus booth. <laughs> In the middle of all that, he has a Jesus booth. 
right? There's not a line at that booth. There's a couple guys standing up for the word of God there. There's not a line at that booth. It's, it was amazing to stand and talk to such warriors of God, right? To trust that they, what they had to say and what they were willing to put themselves up against, right? The willingness to put themselves up against the world and people trusting in the world. The things that I want to do end up being part of the world and I can watch, I got to watch out because I love what those things are. My sin nature wants me to follow those things. I want to follow that part of my life, right? My sin nature wants me to draw towards sinful things, right? My eyes are deceitful, right? I want to, I want to follow things that I shouldn't be following. I want to follow what the world shows me, but I have to stand aside from that. Am I willing to stand up aside from that? Am I willing to show up on church on Sundays? Am I willing to go over someone's house and pray in the middle of the night? I was willing to do those things in, in sinful ways. Would I be willing to do them in godly ways? Right? I have to work on it. It's things I have to work on. I have to get to a point where I can just stand in the word of God. Constantly stand in the word of God. Are you willing to do that? Are you faithful enough to do that? It's not as easy as you think sometimes, you know, because our heart is falling. Our heart falls in a different direction than what we're used to going to. We like to do that, but we don't always do that. I'm trying to find a verse here that I want to go to, and I'm not getting there. <laughs> there we go. Now we go. So a story to back this up, right? I love this story. This is great. Go to the book of Daniel, chapter 6. And we're going to start in verse 16 if I ever get there. Daniel. Now Daniel was loved by this king. He became great in the power for this king. And in that process... The people that he had under him didn't like him because he had a God. And they didn't like him having this God that he had. He was, he was outspoken about it. He went to wherever he went. He would speak about his God. It was part of his life, and it was the way that he walked. So these people that went against him, they went to the king and they said, Oh, king, anybody that doesn't bow down for you at this certain time of day, then they need to be sent to the lion's pit. And in that, they knew they would trap Daniel. But the king didn't believe, that, didn't understand, didn't have the understanding that that's what was being set up. Because he loved Daniel, and that's why he rose in prominence with this king. So he made a decree, he listened to these people, he made a decree, and he said, if anybody bows down to anybody but me, they need to be thrown in the fiery, in, in the uh, lion's den. So we're going to, Chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees and three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God 
as his custom since since early days. This is what he always did. He always prayed to God, and he was going home to do it, no matter what was going to come about him. He knew that this decree was signed, like he said, right? He knew the writing was signed. He knew this decree was signed, but he's going home. He's going to pray to God anyways. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before God. And they went before the king and spoke concern the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? Right? So Daniel knows he's going to go there. And the king's now finding out that Daniel's done this. The king answered and said, if this, the thing is true, according to the law of Medes and Persians, which do not alter. So they answered and said before the king, that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, and for the decree that you have signed, but makes petition three times. All right, so he's going, he's praying three times a day. You can't be having this. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. He wanted to not have to do this to Daniel. He didn't want to have to do it, but he signed a law, so he's got to stick to that law. He can't give this away. This is, it's written law. So we're back in the days of laws, right? This isn't grace, this is laws, right? Although grace will show up. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that this is the law of the Medes and the Persians, that no decree or statute with the king's established may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. So even the king, though, even though he wasn't a follower, believed that Daniel's God would deliver him. And Daniel didn't care because Daniel knew his God was doing it. And his God, if, if he was to die in there, that's what God would want him to do. Are you willing to accept that? If death is part of it, death is what? Life. Death is eternal life to us. So what's the difference? You take my body, you can kill me, you can stab me, you can beat me up, you can incarcerate me, but you can't stop me from going to heaven. Can't be done. I can't be, uh, he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Right? I'm sealed to the day of redemption. Right? No one can snatch me out of his hand. So what are you going to do to me? And I just want me. They can't do anything they ain't already been done to me. <laughs> then a stone was brought and laid at the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and the signets of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. So he's in there. He's locked in there. Now when the king went to his palace, and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also, his sleep went from him. He was up walking around all night worrying, right? He's worrying that, that Daniel's God's not going to take care of him. doesn't say anything about Daniel walking around worrying about he wasn't getting taken care of. But the king was worried because he wasn't a true believer, right? He didn't have the understanding. Then the king arose early in the morning and went in in haste in the, to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a laminate voice to Daniel, the king spoke, saying, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said, O king, live forever. 
My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him and also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Right? Angel sent. Right? Are you in a lion's den? If you're a believer, there's an angel in there with you. If you'll truly believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you'll not be left behind, you'll not be forsaken, you're going to be taken care of. If you do something wrong in this life that causes you to be incarcerated, Christ is going to go in that prison with you, and if you're willing to submit to the humbleness of Jesus Christ, you'll be his warrior in that prison for him. <clears throat> That's how it works. Daniel, thrown into the pit. Now, this goes on to say that after this, what they did is they took all the people that were talking about them, they threw them, their wives, their kids, everybody into the pit of the lion's den, and the lion chewed them, and it says they're crunching their bones. You can hear their bones crunch, and all that goes on. It says that the lions ate these to prove that the lions weren't just not hungry, right? But the king was so mad at these people that set up Daniel and him that he said, well, you've got to go in there. Because his God's greater than all what you made me do. Right? That's how great our God is. Our God is above and beyond anything that we could possibly dream about heaven. Right? Or we possibly dreamed about heaven. I always wanted to be with a crew of people that they would take a bullet for me because I believed I would take a bullet for them. Christ took the bullet. All our sins, gone. All our transgressions, gone. God will not remember anything that I've done. Past, present, or future when I ask for forgiveness. It's gone. It's no longer part of his life and my life. Our relationship. When you have a relationship with somebody, do you forgive them? And is it truly forgiven? Or do you, I'll forgive you, but I ain't forgetting about it. That's not godly. That's not Christian. I have to forget about it. I have to let it go. And when it comes to mind, it can't have an emotional attachment to it so that I stay angry about it. It's done. It's over with. God has taken care of it. No matter how, how many lions are in there to get me, it don't matter. Christ is there with me. No matter how bad it may get in life, Christ is there with me. Ben, what do we got for time? Uh, four minutes. Four minutes. So has it come to a point in your life where you're sitting today that you're stuck in misery, stuck in undecisiveness, right? What should I do? Where should I go? How should I do it? I should rest in him, right? Comes back to the first verses, right? To follow. Let the will of God lead my life, right? We follow certain steps at certain programs. And in some of those steps it says, I will turn my will over to God. Right? I turn my will over to God. What does that mean? That means that I will give myself up. I will walk in the lion's den. Right? Soldiers of Christ, I believe is the name of them. Right? Right into the lion's den and I will just stand there in the word of God. Where will you go and stand on the Word of God? No matter what's said to you, what's brought upon you. When I walk in fellowship with Christ, I'm not walking in fellowship with the thought of getting high. 
right? I'm not walking and fellowshipping with the possibility of not calling up someone that's going to give me scripture over the phone. Someone that's going to pray with me instantly. I rely on that because that's what I surround myself with, right? He's merciful for my unrighteousness. I want to change that. Hebrews 13.5, which we read, let your conduct be without covenants. Be content with such things as you have, right? Let your conduct, my conduct, my attitude, the way I walk, how I present myself. When someone sees me and they walk down the street, they say, hey, there's Pastor Chris. Watch out, he's going to tell you the word of God. <laughs> That's what you're going to hear from him. And I always say, if I don't have it, wait a minute, I'll go get the book and we'll go find what you're talking about because it always doesn't come to mind for me. I need to go to my book and my cheat sheet. I let God present the day for me. I like to see what God's going to bring me today. Who's he going to place in front of me? How great can it be to be talking with someone, preaching the word of God, and have them come to you and feel set free from Satan? Completely free from Satan. Man, you can't buy bail money that does that for you. You can't get a bondsman that does that for you. Jesus is our bondsman. Jesus is our lawyer. Jesus is our Messiah. He's the great, he's the loving, forgiving, kind, caring God that we want. His tender mercies blot out our transgressions. What greater thing is that than we have? Right? You've got someone you've got trouble with. Who are you going to go to bring someone with you to say, we need to mediate this issue? Jesus is our mediator. He separates everything so that when it, by the time he gets to God, he's just bringing nothing but our, our love for him. He brings. He doesn't bring, well, you know, Pastor Chris went and had these thoughts yesterday. He went and did these things yesterday. He doesn't bring that to God. He says, God, listen, this is what he's doing in your name. He walked around and he stopped off and, and he spoke to your soldiers that are there. Invited them in to break bread with him. Right? And if there was people there that I thought that I should pray with, I would have prayed with. But there weren't any people. What does that mean? Wrap it up? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were just saying, you've lost it, Pastor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're telling me to wrap it up. If this is the time, if this is the place where you haven't accepted Christ in your life, let it be now. Just quietly, with me, repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Forgive me. Come into my heart and live. I want to know you. Amen. 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 With that said, Lord, lift everybody up whose heart you just came into. Touch them knowingly, lovingly, caringly. Show them how their transgressions are gone. They're gone in the sight of you, Lord. Lift them up. Bless them up. Let them walk in your will today. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Amen.